You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your hosts, Vanessa Weisbrod and Emily Friedner. Welcome to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrod coming to you from the Celiac Disease Program at Children's National Health System. I want to start by saying a big thank you to the Walter and Jean Boak Global Autoimmune Institute for their ongoing support and partnership to make this podcast possible. Today, we have a very interesting topic to discuss, celiac disease and its relation to other autoimmune conditions. We commonly hear about the link between celiac and diseases like type 1 diabetes or thyroid disease, but there are lots of other autoimmune conditions that celiac disease can be linked to. To help us better understand the science behind all of this, we have Dr. Ivor Hill, who is the director of the Celiac Disease Center at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Ivor is out in the field today with my co-host, Ellen Wilcox, so I'm going to toss it over to Ellen and Ivor for this great interview. Ellen, take it away. So Dr. Hill, thank you so much for speaking with us today. We hear a lot about celiac disease being an autoimmune disease, but can you tell our listeners what that means exactly? Sure. So um, in broad terms, um, our immune system is designed to protect us. So the immune system is designed to recognize foreign objects like bacteria or proteins, things that are foreign to the body, to neutralize them and protect the body. In autoimmune diseases, what happens is that the immune system is a little bit aberrant in that it produces antibodies against its own tissues. So it causes damage to the body's own tissues in, in many ways. It can be the joints, it can be the intestinal tract, like in celiac disease. So it's a sort of a self-destructive type of condition. Thank you. Are there other autoimmune diseases that are linked to celiac disease? There's, there's a lot of them. So there's, they're associated, they're not cause and effect. Um, there are many of them. Do you want me to list a few of them? I would appreciate so that. For a start, uh, a common one would be diabetes. Type 1 diabetes and celiac disease are, are very closely linked. Um, autoimmune thyroiditis and underactive thyroid can do that. Uh, autoimmune hepatitis is another one. So there are a number of different autoimmune diseases that are linked to celiac disease. As I said, they don't cause an effect, it's just that they're associated. So if, the, if it doesn't cause it, if celiac disease does not cause these other conditions, what might this link be about? I think it's because the genes that are uh, causative of these things are closely related to each other. They, they, they're, they're very closely related on the, the, um, the chromosomes, so oh, that you, you're more likely to inherit these genes together as opposed to um, people who don't have autoimmune disease. I see. So if you do have celiac disease, what are the chances that you might develop sure. one of these other autoimmune diseases? They're variable. So for instance, um, type 1 diabetes, it's, it's estimated about 6 to 10% of people with type 1 diabetes will get celiac disease. Uh, autoimmune thyroiditis could be anywhere up to 5%. Uh, so it's, it's very variable. It's, it's not a, a, a fixed number. But it's, it's, it's not a huge number, but it's a, it's a significant number. What can somebody do if they have celiac disease and they want to try to protect against developing another autoimmune disease? Probably not much. Mm. We used to think that um, there was a theory some years ago that if you diagnose celiac disease early and treat it with a gluten-free diet, you could prevent the onset of some of these autoimmune diseases. But it seems that's not true. That's so, what I heard when I was diagnosed. Right. So that thinking is changing. It has changed. Yeah, I think it's the, the the two, as I said, are associated, and you can't really. There's there's some pretty good evidence that 
people who are going to go on to develop autoimmune thyroiditis, they're just as likely to get it on the gluten-free diet as they did if they weren't on the gluten-free diet. So it's not, uh, it's not a, a preventative thing. Well, that's a bit discouraging in that there's not a lot you can do about it, but I guess it's important to know about it and watch for things. And speaking about watching for things, should people with celiac disease be, be screened for these other autoimmune diseases? Certainly for, so I think it's now, and, and this is what's coming out of this particular conference, is um, the uh, paper that John Snyder initiated, uh, looking at what should be done in follow-up. And the one thing that has come out very strongly is we should be screening for autoimmune thyroiditis in patients. So that's the one that we can do. Um, I don't know that we should be screening for diabetes. Uh, um, it, what it's fascinating to me is that it's very rare to diagnose celiac disease first and then go on to develop diabetes. Usually it's the diabetes is diagnosed first and then you pick up the celiac disease afterwards. So I don't think there's any benefit in screening for diabetes. That will present anyway. So then the t looking at the opposite view, if somebody has type 1 diabetes, should they always be screened for celiac disease? Certainly that's what all the diabetic uh, societies are recommending. They're recommending, and at our institution, everybody with type 1 diabetes is screened, um, and if found positive, they refer them to us. Hmm, interesting. But why thyroid disease to check for in advance if there's not really a cause or effect? I think because thyroid disease can be subclinical for a long time before it, it prevents, and you really want to treat it before you develop symptoms if you can. I see. So if we can pick it up early, we can before they become symptomatic, you can actually start treatment. So that's where there's a real benefit there's to benefit. finding it early. Absolutely. Can you tell us about research that's currently underway to look at the link between celiac and other autoimmune diseases? Um, I'm not aware of any specific research that's looking at the link. Certainly, there's a lot of research going on looking at the genes that cause these different conditions oh, and finding that they're closely associated on the same chromosomes. Right, you did mention that. Yeah. So are they hoping that this might give some answers for future treatment? I don't know about treatment, uh, but certainly, I mean, any information we can get that gives us insight into the cause um, in, in all autoimmune diseases, as I'll be talking about later today, I think, we know more about celiac diseases and autoimmune disease than any other autoimmune disease we have. We know a lot about the genes, we know what the, the, the trigger factor. And so if we can identify those things and tease out what's going on in celiac disease, it gives us opportunities to look into other autoimmune diseases and see how we can influence those. Has something changed in our environment or elsewhere that seems to be causing so much more autoimmune diseases? You just hear about more diagnosis for all of them. This is such a good question because it is, it's, it, it's right. We're seeing more diabetes, we're seeing more Crohn's disease, we're seeing more asthma. So the one theory out there is the gene, uh, the hygiene hypothesis. I don't know if you're aware of this. I have heard of it. So the theory goes that we're just too clean. Right. That uh, if you look back in past history, we didn't use many antibiotics. Our kids grubbed in the dirt, we messed around, we were exposed to all sorts of things. And so our immune systems were primed very early on in life to recognize problems and to treat, deal with them. And now we've become so clean, we use antibiotics for every little viral infection we get. We wipe everything down with Clorox. We're just way too clean. And the theory is we're just not stimulating our immune systems. And there's also, it comes down to the gut microbiome. There's a lot of research going on there. That the microbiome is very influential in health and disease. And you can show, for instance, in people with celiac disease, when you have active celiac disease, your gut microbiome is very different from those who don't have celiac disease. And when, once they go on to treatment, 
that microbiome changes again and becomes different from those who have active celiac disease compared to those that are treated. So the big question is, is the change in the microbiome another trigger factor in precipitating celiac disease? And as we've sort of manipulated this, as we've changed our way of, of, of um, dealing with hygiene, are we precipitating more celiac disease? It also offers an opportunity, can we manipulate the microbiome to prevent celiac disease? So this is where the, 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 the research is going in the future. That was going to be my next question. Speaking of, um, as you were explaining about the hygiene hypothesis and the gut microbe biome, where might that lead us in the future? Yeah, so I mean, that is the exciting, the, the potential is, can we, using things such as probiotics, prebiotics, symbiotics, manipulate the microbiome to make it more healthy and more normal than um, we are seeing in people who have active celiac disease. Is there a way of doing that? To, that's the long-range goal. Is the hygiene hypothesis actually linked to the gut microbe um, yes. issue? Because one is, is very, very much so. I mean, you can see this in a lot of different diseases, that the microbiome is very different in those who have active disease compared to those who don't, such as Crohn's disease. Again, there's another classic example. That the microbiome is very different. Well, Dr. Hill, you've given us a lot to think about, and I know I learned a few new things for sure today speaking with you. I appreciate it. Oh, what a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for all of that wonderful information, Ivor. We learned so much. I know this is an ever-expanding field, so we'll be looking forward to having you back on sometime in the near future to talk even more about all of these other disease groups and how they're related to celiac disease. I hope that you all enjoyed listening to the show today and we'll hear from you again soon.